1: Welcome to the Transition Wild Podcast, the home for those looking for expertise and inspiration for all things Western big game hunting. I'm your host, Adam Parr, and you're listening to episode number three. How's it going, everybody? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. Today, I am excited because we are talking with Garrett Rowe of Heads Up Decoy and we dive into a little bit of everything we talk about kind of the heads up decoy product itself and the background the story um but really what we're focusing on today is whitetail deer hunting and i know what you're thinking <laughs> adam this is supposed to be a western focused podcast and now you're coming out with a whitetail episode but <laughs> i promise you um you know, we, we talk more than just about whitetails. It's really geared around the strategy of how you approach, um, certain scenarios and, and we dive into different tactics and, and how you use them. And what's really cool about this and, and how I apply it from myself as more of a Midwest, Midwestern whitetail hunter, you know, I grew up hunting from the tree stands and never really hunting from the ground ever. So, you know I've been using heads up decoy for the last couple of years and it's really just opened my eyes. It's it's changed the way I've approached hunting, especially in the West when you're dealing with open country and and lots of vast terrain. And it's just something another tool that you have in the chamber. Um, there's not one right way to use it. There's not a wrong way to use it. You can get fun and 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 get creative. So we're talking all things strategy Uh, very whitetail focused but you know it really can help you with your future hunts whether it's to the west and 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 not necessarily whitetails either it could be you know getting comfortable on the ground so you're ready to hunt when you go chase elk or pronghorn or mule deer whatever it is it doesn't matter so without further ado let's welcome Garrett Rowe of Heads Up Decoy. All right, on the line with us now we have Garrett Rowe of Heads Up Decoy. How you doing today, Garrett? I'm
0: good, Adam. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, doing well. Can't complain. Can't complain. Appreciate you being on the show again. Uh, looking forward to talking with you uh, today. We're going to talk a lot about what I really wanted to dive into is whitetail spot and stock and 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 strategy of of using your decoys, but. Uh, You know, and and really why I wanted to dive into that is because when I moved out to the West and I started hunting kind of the more open states like Kansas and Eastern Colorado, it really just opened my eyes to, you know, this landscape. And I thought, man, a decoy would be so great to have. and, And what a valuable tool, especially in open country and areas where you just can't hunt out of a tree stand. So, um, so I'm really excited to talk about it and 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 dive into the background of, of heads up decoy and and where it all started. But um, before we get into that, I, I know you've had uh, a good season so far with with uh, antelope. How did how did that all go?
0: It uh, went pretty good, actually. Uh, and you know, Adam, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, you know, it's it's an honor and and. You know, hopefully some people will, uh, you know, get interested in Heads Up Decoy uh, and, you know, can put it in kind of their toolbox, you know. It certainly can be a a really good option for some people. Um, You know, my my antelope tag, I kind of, I'd been getting points in in Wyoming for several years, and I decided that this was the year that I needed to kind of, you know, do some things with my antelope decoy and uh, get some, you know, some promotional, more promotional material and have a good hunt and a friend of mine that lives up there had incidentally uh, had drawn the same unit the year before so he basically knew where to where what I needed to do and when I needed to come and so that all worked really really well and and I actually went before the rut and so I went over Labor Day weekend and and he and his friends we're having all kinds of you know really good charges and decoying action in August in Wyoming. <clears throat> so, you know, I was I was excited to try you know some of the early season and then if I tagged out early I there was a chance I might, you know, try to do an elk hunt. Um and so I went over over Labor Day weekend and, you know, it was a, it's a good it was a good unit, uh tons and tons and tons of antelope. I could have shot 30 of them from the road, honestly, but I, it's just not my style. And, uh, so we, we would get out we had a, plenty of opportunities, blew a bunch of them, but every day I, I would get a shot every day. Um, you know, and for, for me antelope is a, you know, if you can get an antelope to 60 yards, I think you're doing something with a decoy or spot and stock And I had, you know, I had shots at fifty. I had shots. The one I ended up uh, getting, I shot at forty-five. And then I had a, and then I had a a, another one where that I missed. That he was forty at first, but he never turned. And then his doe kind of got jumpy and kind of bounced him a little bit. And I had a sixty-yard shot at him. So, you know, we had some really good, uh, what I would consider to be good encounters with the decoy, even in the early season, and and uh it was nice to to kind of check something like that off the list It was a lot of fun so now i didn't go elk hunting but you know it's no big deal i had plenty to do around here and uh so now i'm looking forward to deer season
1: yeah yeah for sure antelope is definitely on the list for me in the coming years and and i look forward to crossing that off and 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 doing that um but it sounds like you had a great year so that's that's cool um and and I know you've been whitetail hunting too. How's that going so far?
0: Well, um it's been slow. Uh our weather's been warm. Uh about the time when it's really good, um I'm not able to go. Um <laughs> my son, he who's nine, plays football, so he's and I help coach with that. So, um it's Saturday games and three nights a week for practice, and so the whitetail thing has been slow, which is fine. Um Uh, the weather hasn't been that great. And, uh, but although it's starting to shape up, uh, probably this week and, you know, when we're talking, it's starting to, you know, finally feel a little bit more like fall. So it's been slow, but, uh, you know, the trail cameras, there's more daylight pictures now on, on trail cameras, the crops are coming out of the field. Uh, so the deer are going to be on the move. They're going to be, you know, scattered all over the place now. I mean, it's, you know, they're going to be rutting here soon.
1: Yeah, exactly, and 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 when this podcast actually launched, when people are, when everyone's listening to this, it's this going to be about peak rut, middle of November. So I, I think we're going to cover some good ground and and kind of see how this story unfolds. And and before we kind of, as I mentioned earlier, I really want to get into whitetails and 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 strategy behind using the decoy and and how you go go about doing that, but. Let's let's talk a little bit about Heads Up Decoy itself, describe the product and and really how it all got started.
0: Sure. Um so back in 2000, well, back in the early 2000s, uh I went on an elk hunt for the first time. And you know, it wasn't a primos the truth video. I mean, it was dark timber. You couldn't see anything. There weren't elk behind every tree and 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 so elk hunting, I got like a, 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 dose of reality on the elk hunting and when a few years after that. And I was like, man, this is, this, it's tough. Um, it's not open meadow, you know, some of the stuff I was hunting in, in Colorado anyway, it's like, there's no, um, there's, it, it's dense, dark timber. And at the time, you know, I was thinking, well, what could I take in case I, you know, this all goes down, that's going to help me you know, draw a bull in. And yeah. I just knew at the time that I wasn't going to, that the the products that were out there were fine. I just knew after a couple of days, two or three days, you know, you're down to knife and water and weapon, essentially. You know, it's, it's all about, you know, gearing down and covering ground and trying to find animals. So because I knew the timber was so dark or, you know, the potential for that, you in dark timber is just, you know, you're, you never see, you know, the entire animal half the time, even when they're way up, you know, even when you're seeing, you know, watching them do their thing. So I was like, you know, you just need a head for this. Just all you need is just, you know, a partial body. And so that's kind of what got that whole thing going. And it was, so it was the elk that I started with first and 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 I wanted something lightweight that you could carry every day, whether you used it or not. And so they weigh less than a pound. I personally believe I've I've been using them obviously since two thousand and eight. Uh they're they're very durable, they look realistic and uh and you know, and they're lightweight, just like I said. So and they respond to movement, you know, so they are mm-hmm. handheld. So you can get the attention, you can provide movement, um, to get the attention of a bull or whatever else it is that you're, um, you're trying to, you know, decoy. And then it, it, then it went into the mule deer and the mule deer doe decoy was our second or third decoy that I, and I knew it was going to be a slam dunk out here in Kansas. And it's been, it's been phenomenal decoy. There's been some incredible stories of people, You know, drawing in mule deer from, you know, that are literally dots in the distance to, you know, point blank range with it. And just some other really cool experiences that, you know, didn't necessarily result in a a kill, but just, you know, really neat things with the mule deer decoy. And, And then the antelope decoy was just kind of, well, you know, it's antelope and antelope hunting and decoying kind of go hand in hand sometimes. And so we threw in the antelope decoy. And we kind of rolled with that for a few years, and then I got into the whitetails. Um, whitetail doe uh, was the next one that came out, and then it was kind of hard for me to figure out how to attach antlers to the, to a decoy. And I knew I didn't. There was a way. I knew what I didn't want. And one day I was I was sitting in the middle of a milo field, ironically enough, a cut or uncut milo field. Uh, trying to put the sneak on some whitetails with my whitetail doe. And I was like, you know, I just, it kind of came upon me how to, how to do it, how to get the antlers to attach to the decoy. So I made the whitetail buck decoy back in 2010. And, you know, our decoys at that point, you know, we were starting to get uh, an inventory or a catalog of how to use the product. And, in the initial thought was you hide behind something and you hold it out and and you provide movement, get the attention of the of an animal, and you kind of morphed into a bow mountable decoy and a, and a standalone. We have a clamp that you can clamp. You know the handle slides into this clamp. You can fix it to an object um, or you can use it in this bow mount, and all the decoys work in the, those types of things. But um, I severely underestimated the effectiveness of the product. And, and when we started saying, screw it, it just might work. We really opened the book to just like a whole new different brand of bow hunting. That's, um, that's been, you know, a game changer for people that live out here and, and, and difficult for people to comprehend, honestly, because the philosophy of bow hunting is not to be seen and detected And now with our decoys, the object is to be seen and, and some of the tactics that we've used are really, you know, are just like, are really aggressive tactics that, and, and are oftentimes in the middle of nowhere where you typically don't hunt and, or where it's extremely difficult to get close to deer and we're shooting them with our top pin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and sometimes with, sometimes with two guys, one guy holding the decoy and the other guy sh- behind him shooting. And I mean, when I being mean behind, like in the hip pocket. So it's been, it's been a, uh, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, honestly. Uh, uh, and I got, a I got a handful of people that I can, that I need to, you know, back and thank for helping me, you know, be aggressive because the idea of, you know, I walked up onto a mule deer buck and doe in 2009 with the decoy. When I first came out with the bow mount with the mule deer doe mounted in the bow mount in a cut milo field, there was nothing around. There was, there wasn't a, there wasn't a tree within two miles where we were at. And, uh, I just, he wouldn't come. His doe wouldn't allow him to come over and check us out. And, after about three or four hours, I just—they already accepted me as a doe, as one of them, and so I just kept creeping in on them. They'd put their heads down, and I'd take three or four or five steps at them. They'd look up, I'd squat down, and then we got it all on video. And, and that's kind of when the whole game changed. I was like, okay, we can really do some stuff now. Yeah. And the rest is history. And so, and then when I came up with the whitetail buck decoy, that was a whole new venture as well and that's been the funnest of in my opinion of all the decoys we have it's it's using that white tail buck
1: <clears throat> yeah absolutely and 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 listening to your kind of story there and how it all came to be um you know a takeaway from that was kind of like how you when you changed your thinking and mindset of how you approach the hunt is kind of when when it all clicked and i and i i experienced the same thing like so we had, I had talked with you, let's see, that would have been like the summer of 2015. I reached out to you and I was like, man, these decoys are awesome. Uh I really can't wait to use them. I, I used it that, that fall in Kansas, but I didn't really, I didn't really, I was kind of under that same mindset as a, a Midwest whitetail hunter, like be, you know, be in cover and, and don't make a lot of movement. And I really didn't see that much success with it. But last year, when I was in hunting in Eastern Colorado, I kind of took the mindset like you said, "Screw it, I'm going after him," and I ended up getting a shot on a uh, a really nice. I think he was a nine point. I missed him. <laughs> I, I didn't close, mm-hmm. but like it was that moment where I was like, "Wow, this there's something here. This is valuable." I had no cover and I just went after him with the buck decoy and he came right in. So uh, that's
0: really correct. Cool. Yeah, and I I argue all the time with some of the guys that um, use my product and that I've known for years. Um, you know, my turkey decoy is really ridiculous as well. Um, the elk decoy is the most popular, okay, because of the fact that it's lightweight and and you know and it's an elk decoy and that's and it helps people call in calling setups. And, but in my, you know, if you were to tell me, lay them out all on the table and tell me which one is, works the best, I would probably pick up my whitetail buck decoy. And because there are situations out there, Adam, that are, there's not a lot of Sam dunks in, in bow hunting, but there's a couple that with this decoy, you are almost guaranteed a shot at close range with it. And, well, and and it, so and it, we it pull to your, crazy stuff.
1: It, so yeah, and it adds to potential shot opportunities because you can pull a shot out of nowhere. Uh, a lot of people are used to just sitting yeah. in a tree stand or waiting for one to come by, but and and you might have one or two opportunities a year doing that. But this essentially opens up a whole another realm of of shot opportunities and chances to actually make it happen.
0: You bet, and and that's what I tell. That's what I've said. No, there was a few years ago. I was like. I was kind of tossing out words like, you know, it creates opportunities when opportunity doesn't seem likely. And, and that's the God awful truth. I mean, you, we've done, I mean, the buck that I shot in 2010, when it kind of started all this stuff, he was in a cut Milo field. It was a drought stricken Milo field. You could see pheasants running in this Milo field. It was so pathetic and he was bedded up on this hill and we had, and we got down wind of him and he was looking into the wind and we were able to sneak into about eighty yards and we one grunt, he stood up and looked at us and I shot him coming at less than twenty yards. And again, no tree around. Wow. Yeah, and, and I, one I've of seen the that cool video experiences. That was, I mean, you talk about adrenaline rush like no other, and that was in 2010. So, it's I still get the adrenaline rush. Um, the the buck I shot last year was a cool story, and and you know, So now I know what to look for, and you know, as far as our open country stuff, you know, our open country stuff, it's a pretty easy, it's a pretty easy game uh, with it. Um, you know, but there are other other ways that i use it i i rattle a lot you know i'll sneak up into hidey holes during the middle of the day um or you know potential bedding areas thickets when i don't have one actually located and we'll grunt and rattle and do all kinds of stuff with the decoy up and a lot of times with a partner and we've had great success doing that so um it's a decoy that use every every well as soon as it's shooting light you know, and that's the cool thing about it is you can use it all day. And I'm by and large a weekend hunter, Adam, just kind of like you. You know, you take a few trips here and there, but you try to get out as much as you can, but it's not nearly enough. Um, and you got to make the most of your opportunities. And sometimes it's really crappy days. Sometimes it's perfect days. Uh, and our decoys work in both of that, you know, yeah. when mother Nature's not very nice. yeah yeah
1: yeah exactly well let's let's take a step back here can you can use these decoys for for whitetail whether it's the doe or the buck can you use these during an early season scenario or is this more of a kind of middle of the rut type of decoy
0: i mean obviously it works best in the rut during the rut okay but i've used them i've i use the doe decoy a lot to drag does by me to, to shoot does, um, you know, fill your antlerless tags. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, in mid October, early to mid October, bucks generally are not really moving a lot anyway. Uh, there's always seems to be one or two days when all of a sudden every buck in the whole area is on their feet in October, but it's just like one day. But, and then, you know, then once, you start getting into that late October or 1st of November, then obviously they're on their feet. And then it's my experience is, is that the doe is better during the early season and then the late season. Um, those don't generally like decoys in general. So they, they'll foil more, the more hunts, a, a, a live doe will mess up more hunts and, uh, than 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 they do that's why I enjoy shooting' them. um but uh the buck seems to be you know the during the rut seems to kind of be the key, so you know we're still trying to refine a few things in the uh in the early season, but you know it's it's hard to get out and get all pumped up and jacked up when it's eighty five degrees <laughs> you know when True. you know it's first of October or whatever, so yeah, I hear you there, yeah. I hear you there. Standing crops would probably be your best bet. You know the decoys in standing crops like milo and maybe uh, whatever else that's out there. Uh, you know working adjacent to pull them out of there. That's that that there's some value right there. So
1: certainly, certainly, and 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 describe that like so. Have you ever used it to kind of still hunt through crops or still hunt an area? You have a bow mount, correct? Like you can either hold it with uh-huh, yes. with your hand or let's say you have a buddy with you, he can hold it, but you also have a bow mount, so you can kind of still hunt and work through those areas, correct?
0: You can. Um generally what I do with the Milo fields is um I'll try to find some pockets where there's where it's lower and then I'll just sit there. I'll clamp it to a Milo head um and then I just try to pull them into it where I can get a shot. Um but I I do basically race at them when they're on the move. Um, It's just off. It's just really hard to get a shot in, you know, when the Milo's four feet tall. So you've got to pick and choose. You got to pull them out of there somehow, or you got to get them up on a terrace, you know, where they're on the side of a terrace and, and the Milo's beneath them a little bit and exposes their their vitals. So, you know, there's some trickery and, you know, my October seemed to be much more busy now. So it's harder for me to go out there and try to refine that to help people out, but I just I know that that's kind of the I know that a friend of mine that's that's how he uses a decoy is to pull him out of it, you know, or to head him off. So, yeah.
1: Got it. Got it. Now let's let's talk about a scenario here. I guess well, let's say, let's ask you like what what is your favorite scenario? What do you look for to? Uh, in a certain setup to use the decoy the most effectively? Is it something where a buck is bedded with a doe and you're, you're going to sneak in on him? Or is it somewhere where you're just kind of using it to call one to you? What's your favorite and what's your strategy behind, um, you know, your most effective way to get it done?
0: Um. Well, let me first, excuse me, Adam. Let me first tell you, about the whitetail buck decoy um, when I first designed it and we get some criticism um, but we nailed it um, we wanted a decoy that was threatening so we didn't we didn't design some little yearling buck what is a a yearling buck is far they're an annoyance they're not a threat. Got it. So if you've never seen our whitetail buck decoy, it's it's a big, it's big, okay? It's a big eight-pointer. And so it, it, it poses a threat. And when we designed it, our philosophy was we need to be threatening. And, and then on a, on a side note, are kind of a, uh, a gravy, you might say, was we don't have a stamp to, like, etch really cool graphics on, on the foam antler. And so they're white. And people are going to l- look at it and go, man, this, that's, that's janky. <laughs> but the reality of it is is that that white antler... It's visible can be seen from a long way away. Yeah. So it's actually been more productive to have it a white, really bright than to have it, you know, less visible and more realistic, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, it looks realistic anyway. I guarantee you if you set this thing up on it and clamp it up and you're sitting there and then sudden you start thinking about stuff and then you look back, you're going to like, you're gonna, your heart's gonna jump <laughs> because it does look real, and so, so that is the deal with the, with the whitetail decoy. Okay, the buck. So it's big, and it's easily seen. Uh, the antlers are detachable, so if you're a little worried that maybe you're going to be too intimidated for a buck, you can pull off one of the antlers and be a one antler buck. Um, but my go to the best absolute near slam dunk way to use the decoy is when bucks are in the lockdown. Everybody tree stand hunters despise the lockdown. They didn't see anything. I can guarantee you that stuff's going on. It's just maybe you didn't have a hot doe in the area you were, you chose to hunt that day. Uh, but, they, this the term, the lockdown, you know, I think there's a lot, they lock them down all the time. They, they find a the doe in heat, they push her out, an isolator, and basically the, the quote-unquote lockdown, where they sit and wait for her to come into season, breed her, and then move on. And that is, when, when a doe, when you have a buck and a doe pair, on a Midwestern, whitetail, you've almost guaranteed yourself a shot opportunity. If you can get inside of 180, 60 yards, pop up that decoy, grunt at him, and then he's going to be threatened because whitetails, whitetail bucks will stop, I mean, they take every opportunity they can during the rut to demonstrate their dominance. When given the opportunity, they do it. And so if you've watched from a tree stand, how many times have you watched a bigger buck escort a smaller buck out of the, out of the area and then go back to his doe? You've probably seen it a, a bunch of times. Well, that's what you're doing now. You're finding that you found that buck and you found that doe. You're sneaking in, trying to get as close as you can, Pop the decoy up, grunt at him, snort wheeze, whatever it takes to get him on his feet to see that decoy, he is going to get pissed off. He's gonna pin his ears back. And I don't think they ever look at you at that point. I think they're they're too busy trying to look as big as they possibly can. And you can draw, take your time. The only thing that's gonna stop him is the arrow. It's it's the coolest thing i mean it's it's an incredible experience and that is my number one that's my number one go-to technique on a whitetail
1: yeah yeah and you and you mentioned the lockdown i the property i was hunting last year in eastern colorado it's 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 really this large section of open crp grass and you literally you can't see a deer unless it it stands up or unless it's a buck and you can see the just the tips of his antlers, and um, right you know I I enjoyed that phase too. It was like mid November, late November, and they're all just kind of in this grass and 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 you can see them moving in there when they stand up and you know the buck will stand up with the doe and then they'll bed back down. Well for this type of decoy, that's, that's really what you want. You go around, uh, I'd get the wind in my favor and then I just slowly moved there. I did exactly kind of around that scenario where you get to a certain point within a hundred yards, you throw it up. He catch, he, he caught that thing, looked right at it and, and came in on a string. It was, it was truly amazing. So uh, that it's, it's a blast,
0: right? It is. It is. It's, it's, extremely effective. I'm, I, I can't even describe how well that technique works. Um, on, where it doesn't work is where is when you have <clears throat> a dominant buck with a doe and a satellite buck. That's where it gets frustrating. So if you have a close, if you have a satellite buck in close proximity he's not going to leave the dough. So you've got to, you, it's your job to get inside the bubble. So, um, and it's a little more difficult to do. You've got a buck that wants to come and kick your butt, but not leave his dough. And then you've got somebody that if he gets too far away, is going to run her off. And, and so you've got to be careful. You, um, to really get the full deal, full meal deal. I mean, we've we sneak up on him at that point when you've got a, a buck and a doe and then a satellite buck, you you've got to you've got to move in on him because he's not going to leave her. He's not going to get farther than 20 yards from her. Got it. Um yeah. but if if you um uh if you've presented the decoy and they've acknowledged you as a tail buck, then it's easier for you to move in. Um, so but that's kind of one of those things where it's a little more frustrating, but when you just have them paired up like one on one, that's when it's, that's when you get your real, that's when you get the real me, the full meal deal there. Now, yeah. another scenario that works, I think equally as well is on a cruising buck. So, Um, you've got a mature buck that's cruising, looking for a doe. Um, I I personally believe this is just my belief that they use their vision as much as they use their uh, anything during the rut. I mean, they're obviously they're using their nose and their ears, everything are using their senses are on high gear, but their vision, I think is is really, uh, they really kick it up a notch. I think during that time, because they're looking for movement. I've, I've been in yucca patches and pastures, and I've just shifted my weight. And, unbeknownst to me, you know, a little buck, you know, little bucks will be eyeballing and looking for movement. They see it, and they just come over to investigate. And, And that's how, you know, you get a big buck or a mature buck cruising, looking for a doe, and you've got this big buck decoy, they assume you've got a doe and they will turn around and they're going to come and check you out. And again, a, white, a Midwestern whitetail is urged to display his dominance. He cannot help himself. And so you've got, so those are really good uh, scenarios in my opinion, the lockdown and then just trying to intercept bucks, you know, have it out there let them see it from a long ways away. Make sure it's really visible and they see those antlers, they see that buck, they, they often assume that he's got a doe somewhere. And so they're gonna turn around or do whatever they're gonna come in and key on, in on you and try to steal that doe. It's just, those are really the two, um, that's when you can pull them in from a long ways. And those are the, those are the best ones, the, my top two. My third is to use calling and rattling strategies when you got nothing you know when you when, when, you, you're don't, not when you don't see one you don't one, yeah 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 when you haven't seen one and you're just like man action's kind of slow today you know you just didn't have good timing i guess um or picked the wrong spot you just start diving into places and clamp to a tree or whatever and and start rattling and grunting and and, and then hold on because you might be you know Right where that bu- right where a buck is, and again, they show they they see those antlers and they they just can't help themselves. I'm I'm gonna come over there and I'm gonna kick you. I'm gonna get in the action too. I'm gonna kick your butt. <laughs> so yeah. that is it's just that's how it is. I mean, that's that's uh, uh that those are probably the three best ways to use it. And you know, the third way you can use that anywhere in the nation. You know, and Adam. I know you're not from Colorado originally, but I can almost guarantee you, you probably know places where my my decoy would really be effective in some of the places where you grew up that maybe you didn't really necessarily think were, quote unquote, you may see deer out there, but you've always considered it to be unhuntable. And now we've taken a piece of property, nearly, nearly every piece of property, unless it's it's just hard pan you know buffalo grass one inch tall you know um if you've got just a little bit of cover and some topography you can hunt any square inch of your property yeah and with with these decoys because you're it's it's fun and we just we just uh you know we hunt aggressive that's another that's that's the cool thing about it is it's not it's the antithesis of whitetail hunting you know it's like undetected you know wash down you know a marinade and anti you know odor you know uh soap and stuff like that for a week before you you know it's nothing like that it's like all right which way is the wind blowing okay i'm not i'm hunting in this direction and then i don't really care i'm making a ruckus and i'm i'm going after him it's run and gun kind of like run and gun turkey hunting except you're doing it with whitetails
1: yeah yeah that's a great way to look at it yeah and, and i find myself the same way i mean growing up in Michigan, I just never, I never hunted from the ground. I I never got out of the tree stand. Uh, very rarely did I ever sit on the ground, especially with a bow. And, and when Mm -hmm. I started, started using the decoy, I found myself being timid and, um, I felt like I wasn't being aggressive enough. Is that something, is that a mistake you see a lot of people make? It's just not going after that opportunity right away when it presents
0: itself and kind of sitting back? I, uh, uh, yes, I see the two, I see the opposite. I see, I see both ends of the spectrum and I deal with it all the time myself, trying to determine how aggressive to be mm-hmm. being that aggressive. Cause you're like, man, I just this is ridiculous. This is working so well, you know, um, now I'm just really confident. And so that's bad because I get too aggressive sometimes and I get a little careless. But yes, being not aggressive enough is probably the pitfall of a lot of people. Um, I don't know how many times I've left the truck telling myself or telling my hunting partner, we're either going to kill him or scare him. (laughs) You know, we're either going to get on top of this dude and we're going to make this happen or we're going to scare the hide right off of him because we just were too aggressive. Um, And then, you know, then I hear people that take it too far where, you know, uh, I was walking in the pro shop one day and this guy was using, that was using the was using the buck decoy was really frustrated. He goes, man, I can't get this thing to work every time doe keeps busting us. Well, what they were doing is they were showing the decoy, from 200 yards out and just basically motoring right in. And uh, the doe was looking at him getting nervous and, and then she'd take off and then the buck would go too. And that's not how you do it. Um, do you think,
1: do you think a lot of that is, is re- learning to read the body language or like if he's posturing or if he's with a doe or if he's cruising, do, do you kind of use that to kind of gauge your approach?
0: Um, No, I really, I don't. Um, when I, I just assume that, um, if they've got if it's a buck and a doe pair, my approach is not to show the decoy until I'm as close as I can, but not too close. Yeah. You don't want to take them all by surprise. Okay. If the cover allows, you know, yeah, you get to 30 or whatever. Uh, but if it's a hundred, it's a hundred. If it's 60, it's 60 you you don't show the decoy until you're as close as you can to get to him um you can't if you're showing the decoy when you're 2 or 300 yards out there they're watching you do all this stuff coming it just doesn't work out well because um you've not given them any time to process what's going on they they like um like on the mule deer that I shot in two thousand nine, that doe in a bucket's watched was watching me and just a decoy only for an hour or two. So they had so there I, there I was a mule deer doe, which is why I was able to walk in on him. And so you've got to allow them if that's your only option, you've got to allow them some time sit there and think about oh that's a tail buck i'm gonna keep my eye on him but you know and then let them just kind of chill and then move in slow got it i'm uh, just going gangs buster at him you know like okay if you're five minutes from last shooting like that's different but you know if you've got plenty of time then take your time because eventually you're going to trigger a response, either a fight or flight response. You just don't want to blow your stock, you know, before it ever starts, really. And so, you know, you've got you to use your head um, and think about what you've seen in the field. What you see in the field is you see these bucks going, these little guys going in and out and harassing these big bucks with the doe, and you watch the big bucks get up and escort them out of there, and then they go back to their doe. That's what you are. Except you're much more threatening, um, and a much more threatening gets a better, more dominant response from the buck, and and that's when you get those. I'm coming to kick your butt, and you shoot them at like point blank. Um, and some people say, "Well, it's too big. It's too big. I, this isn't how's it, what's going to happen when I show a it? two and a half year old." Well, over time, Adam, you know, a two and a half year old buck. Over the course of the rut is gonna eventually get shy. He's gonna start saying, You know, I've got my buck kicked a few times. So I think I'm gonna just kinda of, I'm gonna come and check him out, but I don't think I'm gonna come all the way in like I'm a big badass. But earlier in the November, I've decoyed spikes into inside of ten yards, um, posturing in to the buck decoy. And I'm like, are you serious? You're like, <laughs> think you really think that you're going to beat me up, you know? So that's just the whitetail, uh, animals, you know, or Midwestern whitetails attitude. They just all think they're all that. So, you know, you, you, it, you'll decoy in all shapes and sizes. And I've got an article coming out, or I had an article out in bow hunter and, and if you're willing to just, and you're not picky, you know, you can set up adjacent to a really good food source and just show the decoy, um, during the rut. And man, you, you'll get all kinds of stuff to come in. I mean, all kinds of bucks it's, and it's, and it's fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think the cool, the whole, the coolest thing about all this is that you can just be creative with it. There's not, there's not one scenario. Yeah. That works. There's, there's not one time of year. Right. There's not a right or wrong way to use it. It's just, it's a whole different world of whitetail hunting or, or any hunting, whether it's mule deer or elk or pronghorn, getting on the ground, eye level with these animals and, and having them come to you or you go to them is a completely different ball game. So I just think it's really cool that it's, you get to be creative. You get to take chances. You're going to mess up. It's not a, all going to go perfect. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you've, you know, had years of, uh, you know, experience and, and you, and you learn and and you kind of adjust and try it a little bit differently next time. I, I just think it's cool. Yeah. Plenty of options and, and you can get creative.
0: That is, that, that is t- correct for sure. Um, you know, somebody had, had referenced, uh, you know, kind of a couple of tips that having a basic idea of behavior, what they're doing, what the, and then b- having some basic stocking, uh, skills, and that's all you need. And then you start learning from there uh, because you've got to uh, figure out where they're at in the rut or what they need, what, what is their desire. Uh, and, then, and that goes with every one of the decoys, whether it's the elk or the antelope or the mule deer or the turkey. What's gonna tr- what do they want to see? What do they need to see to get the type of reaction that you want which is to come and investigate you. And, you know, and so being able to recognize those things and understand, okay, we've got what we're, I know what this buck wants, what he's doing, what he's needing. And then you go ahead and you provide it for him. And the next thing you know, you're decoying in a mule deer buck from 500 yards away. Yeah. You see a mule deer buck and you know he's cruising, he's looking, he does not have, he has no option right now. He's looking for love. And you take that doe and you present him a girlfriend and the next thing you know, he's standing 10 yards from you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the white tail is to me is all about aggression. It's pissing them off.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 one thing too, I mean that's so obviously elk hunt now that i live in colorado and 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 that's all for me that's some people hunting from tree stands but that's all on the ground you know calling them in mm-hmm. getting aggressive you know a lot of being mobile and i tell you what like when i first started hunting kansas when i first started using your decoy it really prepared me for hunting elk and and, and just being in the west more because I had never, again, I'd never experienced that before in my whole, you know, 26 years of experience when I first started hunting the West and, 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 and hunting from the ground. So if, if, you know, for somebody who hasn't yet taken a trip to the West or whatever, starting with this decoy maybe starting on your own property, whether it's in Michigan or whatever, and just trying it out because it will, it will give you the confidence and, and it will prepare you for these Western hunts where a lot of it takes place on the ground.
0: Yeah, and a byproduct of hunting on the ground, Adam. You and I know this, but we don't necessarily think about it. It's not in our general. It's not in our vernacular, I guess, to maybe bring this up when you're talking about spot and stock. But you shoot much more accurate from the ground, and there's so many more shot opportunities from the ground. Um, your distance can you can extend your distance a little bit. Now I don't shoot crazy distances. I mean, I'm a 40 and in guy. Um, antelope is different. Okay. Antelope is just a different animal. 60s close on an antelope. (laughs) Um, but by and large, I'm a 40 yard and in guy. And it's hard to shoot from a tree stand at 40 yards, you know, and your shot angles are so much better on the ground. You know, you're, so you know people you know you don't have a good tree stand if you couldn't hunt the place from the ground either you know you've got to you know like if you've got a place for a tree stand and you're playing wind you know it's it's also got to be a good it also probably be a good spot to hunt on the ground and and so and when you're mobile obviously you can move around and manipulate this and kind of in a way dictate what you want to go on and and so and i found that i'm i'm a way better shot and i get way more shot opportunities when i hunt from the ground than when i'm stuck in a tree stand waiting for something to come to me
1: yeah yeah i would agree i would agree and and did i lose you no no still here and, uh, yeah, I, I, agree. And, and hunting from a tree stand, you can be confined, okay. you can be confined to that. I mean, you're on a small platform. Um, like you said, there's not a lot of options there and, and, and you got to pick and choose on the ground. You can move, you can be more, more mobile. You, you can swing the left, swing, right. Uh, get around a tree, uh, whatever. So it, it just, again, it just opens up a ton of opportunities. For sure. So we could talk yep. about this all day, Garrett, and uh, I know I've kept you here for a while and we'll definitely have to have you back on the show at some point. Maybe we can dive into elk tactics or, you know, other species, uh, kind of, you know, when we get yeah. to where the season comes around and, and a little bit more appropriate there, but I really wanted to focus on whitetails for this. Cause it's, you know, we're going to be right snap, smack dab in the middle of the rut, but uh, before we go. Right. What, uh, I've been following the stuff on social media. I think you have a Facebook group now. Um, tell us what's going on with the – I think you came out with a new website recently. Tell us a little bit about what's going on with Heads Up Decoy. Where can we find you? Where can we go?
0: Yeah, headsupdecoy.com. Uh We got a new up, new and improved website. We It's much more functional than our last one. I love it. Um, it's got some uh, great stories uh, in our testimonials, some tips. Uh, I think the products are well represented on the, on the website to show people how to use them. Uh, they're not, there's no one way to use them. And I I hope people find that in, and and I think that's the beauty about it is it's very versatile. It's, it can adapt to different scenarios or different hunting tactics you don't have to be mobile necessarily with my, my, my decoys, but it certainly is the fun aspect of how to use them and then obviously we have Facebook and Instagram and uh, we have a newsletter. I call it the revolution because it is a new revolution. It's different. It's just totally different bow hunting. It's the antithesis of what you've been fed for years about bow hunting. And so, uh, we have a newsletter. I would suggest people sign up. We try to, we don't inundate people with them, but sometimes we have some cool promotional stuff and then some tips and some good stories. And, um, you know, and we try to make it as relevant as possible, uh, so we're not wasting your time.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I subscribe to that as well. It's great. I I get those emails delivered to my inbox, and you know it just inspires me. I see that, and I see a story of a big mule deer shot, or um, you know tips and tactics. What's what's working, and 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 how people are getting it done in the field. So it's cool to see that what people are out there doing with it. So if you get a chance, get over to Heads Up Decoy and subscribe to that. You won't be disappointed. I promise you.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Hey,
1: Garrett. Yeah, I appreciate you being on the show. You have a great rest of your day and we'll talk to you later. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. And there we are. Just wrapped up an episode with Garrett Rowe, Heads Up Decoy. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I think the biggest takeaway from this entire episode of talking with Garrett is just get creative, have fun, take chances, and go for it. And and if you are interested in, you know, learning how to approach hunting from the ground, I think a decoy, like Garrett's, something that's portable, lightweight, and and mobile, it can be a valuable tool for your upcoming season. So get out there, try it, make sure you check out HeadsUpDecoy.com. They do have a great newsletter, like I said, get on their website, subscribe to that, it's packed with information, and, and you're seeing success stories and, and learning from the guys and, and gals that are out there already doing it and getting it done so um, hats off to Garrett appreciate him for being on the show if you're listening to this I want to hear from you send me your photos tag me in your posts I want to see what's going on hopefully you're having some some success out there it's the middle of the rut so if you're hunting whitetails you know I hope you're hope you're having lots of fun that's really what matters and if you're out there doing a a late season elk hunt or mule deer Send me your photos. Uh, go to transitionwild.com. Fill out the contact form. I'd love to hear from you. Give me some feedback. If you're liking what you're hearing, leave a five-star review on the Sportsman's Nation podcast network and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so you'll never miss an episode. You'll have my podcast along with the DIY Sportsman's Land and Legacy and the Nine Figure Chronicles delivered right to your phone and uh, you'll get those on a weekly basis. So subscribe, leave us a review. Sincerely appreciated. And that's it. Let's wrap this up. Hope you, again, are having a great day, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.